What's up? Wrestling fans! Ah! It's that time of the week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 TWS Live on twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast and anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 TWS. And of course, we are coming to you live from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, and I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does each and every week, one of the other hosts here on 607 Podcast on Twitch, and you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay, our podcast better known as the ODPH Talking Cat M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Are we ready to talk some pro wrestling? I see some names in the chat already. Let's go. Drop that follow and get in here. And uh, of course, Lou says, who's got two thumbs and already pre-ordered GCWLA? This guy. Hell yeah. I also already pre-ordered it. Although I will be in a hotel room in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, (laughs) watching if I watch it live, which I'm going to try to, but I got a full day at work, then a two-hour drive, and so who knows? If not, I'll finish it on Saturday. It'll be a challenge, (laughs) but well worth it, though. Uh, Yes, because I'm going to Pittsburgh this weekend to take my kid to his first ever NFL game. He's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and we got him Pittsburgh Steelers tickets for Christmas. Oh, very cool. Well, one of the things we did for Christmas. Very cool. So that's what we're doing this weekend. So I'll be in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. So if there's anybody listening to 607 TWS and you live in the Pittsburgh area and you want to say hi, I will be in Pittsburgh. I will be in Williamsport Friday night. And then I will be in Pittsburgh uh, Saturday during the day and night. And then I will be in Altoona, Pennsylvania Sunday. <laughs> I can tell you where I'll be there. And then uh, I'm coming home Mondays because I don't want to drive the entire no, almost no, seven-hour no. drive from where we live in back. And Saturday is going to be a little messy and weather-wise from early reports. Well, here it is. But in, uh, in, in uh, Pittsburgh, not so much. I oh, just checked good. out. Oh, Pittsburgh, good. it's going to be like 50 degrees and raining. And then Sunday is supposed to be like 36 and clear. Perfect football weather. And I was like, my wife was like, it's going to be cold. And I'm like, ah, well, and then the day after it's back in the 50s in Pittsburgh. So I'm like, you know what chances are? It's going to be in the 50s. Right. Or 40s. Because I said I bought all that stuff for uh, cold weather for the game. And I'm like, man, you know what's going to end up happening? I'm going to end up being, it's going to end up not being warm because it's going to be warm. But anyways, mm-hmm. that's enough about the NFL game that I'm going to this weekend. But if you're in that area, let me know. Maybe you can uh, hook up, throw a stick or something. Who knows? Ken M, how's been your week? It has been great except for the egregious NFL schedule that happened, <laughs> which we will get into in depth on the next ODPH. Everywhere tomorrow night. You yes. have a great podcast. Search ODPH. There you go. Yeah, we're going to have a lot I did your say. plug for you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. Well, anyway, so that being said, thank you guys so much. But we got a lot of hot wrestling action to talk about. And that's what you guys come here on 607 TWS to talk about. Listen, in the opening contest, we got Ring of Honor final battle. We're going to give you our final thoughts on that, along with our final thoughts on the future of Ring of Honor wrestling uh, in the mid card. We got a lot to cover in the mid card as well on IWTV this week. I uh, independent spotlight on West Coast Pro Wrestling again, mm. as they had a great show. Iceland Fantastic promotion streaming now. There's all their stuff streaming, of course. Of course, we're going to get into the, the final NJPW 
for the World Tag League and Best of Super Juniors. The finals are in. The finals are going down on the 15th, mm-hmm. which means uh, we'll give you the final points and who is wrestling in the finals for a spot at Wrestle Kingdom. That's in the mid-card. And of course, also in the mid-card, we will be previewing GCW Blood on the Hills going on this Friday night on Fight.TV or if you're there live, but it's already sold out. So if you didn't have your tickets already, you're watching on Fight.TV like the rest of us. And last but certainly not least, in the main event of this show, we're going to actually do some news from the World of World Wrestling Entertainment and Jeff Hardy mm-hmm. situation. And then we're going to talk some AEW wrestling. We're going to kind of touch base on what's going on this upcoming week for their Winter is Coming event this coming Wednesday, along with uh, a little bit of hot water and some of the things going around around the wrestling world. Yeah, uh, One of them to do with AEW, one of them not to do, but that is also going to come up because I think the toxicity is now... Going into the wrestlers themselves. We'll talk about that in the main event. But before we can even start talking about that, can I tell the fine folks how to find you and the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast? Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com where you can check us out on your favorite podcast provider. We have it all listed under the directory. You can check out our social media accounts. They're all right there. So definitely follow us and interact. We definitely like to talk it up. Check out Parlay Points. Blogs count anywhere where you have the official reaction to the almighty Hook's debut from AEW Rampage and a lot more, uh, which is a complimentary blog to 607TWS and the ODPH. All of that, the T-Public Store, new designs just dropped yesterday, and so much more, odphpodcast.com. Of course, for all information about the Three Fat Nerds podcast and everything else we do over at 8122 Productions, make sure you check us out over at 8122productions.com. Of course, we're on all social medias. It's Three Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of it if you have to. Hashtag 3FNPod whenever we're talking about the show. Of course, when you go to the website, you can also look up our T-Public Store, uh, our Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, plus you get to support the streams and all the podcasting we do here. Of course, you can also check out Horror Zone 607 and 607 TWS right from 8122 Productions as well. And so much more. It's a one-stop shop. And of course, uh, you know, we always love it when you follow us here on Twitch or throw us a subscription or a little bit of both. And you know, there you go. Everything helps. There it is. But before we jump into the wrestling action, before we get to one of your favorite parts of the show, Ken M, we got to do a shout out. Oh, First, first shout out goes to Apple Podcasts here in the United States of America as after just one month, we are already ranking on Apple Podcast charts as the 119th wrestling show. Let's go. Now, mind you, that's one month of our own channel. Right. So that's pretty damn good. So we'll be in the top 100, I'm calling it, next month. And we'll be uh, way further along than that. This. I told you we were coming. We gave everybody a fair warning. Humble, humble brags. But thank you. For, first of all, thank you to all of you that follow us on Twitch and also get the podcast. Thank you guys so much for Absolutely. making that happen. And a special shout out and thank you is in hand to the great nation of Nigeria, where we have found out we are number one in wrestling on Apple Podcasts in Nigeria. So to the Nigerian fans that are making that possible, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. And I hope you continue to listen because uh, we have a lot of fun. So good news, man. I knew that taking the channel... By itself, I told you that uh, and you, you also were confident in it, but mm-hmm. I told you that it would be a good way for us to expand and not just have it underneath the Three Fat Nerds channel, which, trust me, we're doing well, too. I saw my Apple Pot we were talking about this weekend. Mm-hmm. So all across the boards, I know the ODPH is doing well. Yep. 3FN's doing well. 607 TWS is doing well. And it's all thanks to you guys. I really do want to put that out there. We are actually very humble about it. But, I mean, it's an accomplishment. So let's keep that momentum moving forward. Let's keep moving up. Let's keep adding people on the train because we don't turn people away. No, we don't. No toxicity. 
only positivity and Lou says Nigeria with a bunch of uh, capital letters I am working on uh, I am working on uh, reaching out to Kamaru Usman and Francis Ngannou because I feel like now I, I I'm a star in Nigeria as well I think that we can all hang out at the same table <laughs> uh, I, I feel like there's no two better bodyguards to have on this planet and we cover UFC too we do, and we love both of those guys. Yes, so we do. That is a that's a fact. So, uh, just throwing it out there. Next is Morocco, according to Lou. Yeah, then 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 after Morocco, we get into Egypt, and that's where the big bucks are. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! If you guys get the reference, you get the reference. If yep. not, I suggest you go back in time and watch Coming to America. Mm-hmm. All right, Ken M. I think uh, we've done enough of the humble humble brags, as the kids call them these days. Oh, wait a minute. Lou says, then Egypt, Cameroon, Ivory Coast, and Congo. Man, he's we're taking over Africa, it looks like. We got a whole tour worldwide coming. Dude, I, I will come through. If they get us up there and they want to bring us in, we will go. Absolutely. With that being said, though, let's not waste any further time, Ken M, because I believe... <laughs> That's right, it's time to kick off the opening bout. And this opening bout is going to be all about Ring of Honor Final Battle 2021. Possibly the last pay-per-view in the history of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Uh, But we're not going to focus on that until the end. Let's talk about the show itself because I feel like this show deserves to be talked about. Of course, we streamed our live reactions and commentary Mm -hmm. this past Saturday on Twitch.tv slash this podcast. If you would like to trick out that, that is still up. We did not take it down. 14 days it will be up. Uh, but uh, it was a great show. If you did not see the show and you don't have Honor Club, I you know what? I would even buy the replay. This was a, definitely a worthwhile show. Absolutely. Even before we even talk, started talking about it. But we're going to talk about it now. And uh, we, uh, <laughs> day of show, there was some confusion. Mm-hmm. Originally, we were going live at 7.30. And uh, because originally there was only one match on the pre-card. And uh, it was a pre-show, and it was 30 minutes, so it's going to start at 7.30. And then all of a sudden, day of the show, they said, you know what? We got so much stuff. We're giving away the first free hour for free, and we're making three matches on that, which is an unusual thing, an unusual feat for any wrestling company to do that. So kudos to them for this. So ready? Yeah, let's do it. First match of the evening on the pre-show in uh, for the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championships. The bout went 10 minutes, and at the end of the day, your new ROH six-man tag team champions, the righteous Vincent Bateman and Dutch, defeated Shane Taylor Promotions, uh, Con Moses, and O'Shea Edwards via pinfall. So we had new six-man tag champions to kick off the night. Really surprised at it, but you know what? Obviously, well-deserving. This has been it was a great match to kick off the show. High energy. They came out with it, and it definitely carried through the rest of the show. I also want to point out that they also set the pace for the show of a lot of uh, love and respect going on, as mm-hmm. everybody definitely treated this like the big event that it should be. So kudos to both teams. It was a great match. Great way to kick it off. Next up was a six-woman tag team match. This match got six minutes and 50 seconds, and the team of Miranda Alizé and the Allure, Angelina Love and Mandy Leone, defeated Chelsea Green and the Hex, Allison K and Marty Bell, via pinfall. And uh, once again, we had some uh, love going on here as well. Yeah, absolutely. The, the women's division definitely stepped up this night. They always bring it in ROH, and this was no surprise here. Definitely was impressed. We had a surprise 10-man tag to round out the pre-show. That match got 10 minutes and 20 seconds. The team of PJ Black, Flip Gordon, Brian Milanis, Beer City Bruiser, and world-famous CB, but for one night only, yes. he reverted to being Cheeseburger, defeated the team of LSG, Sledge, Max the Impaler, Demotic Flamita, and Will Ferrara with Amy Rose in their corner via pinfall. Fun, fun 10 men per, or 10 person tag this definitely really stepped up for the night and like i say just high energy for this whole pre-show 
I like this a lot. There's a lot of fun to be had, a lot of good spots, a lot of fun spots. Uh, you know what? It was a great pre-show, three matches, very good. They gave us a little bit of preview of the night. They did a great job in the free hour, and I, I'm sure they sold a lot of uh, tickets from that free hour. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was just great action just to kick off, and especially they put it on for free there. So fans were not sure what to expect for this final card. They definitely got a small sliver of what was coming, and man, the whole main course, whew. Well, let's start with that. The main card starts off with a singles match that went 11 minutes and 20 seconds and saw Dragon Lee defeating Ray Horace via pinfall. Fantastic opening main card match. Dragon Lee is no joke, man. I opened the show, and when they, we saw this was opening, we were saying this could be a main event anywhere. Mm-hmm. And boy, did it not disappoint. This match was amazing. If You you don't even have to be into Lucha style for this match because they did a little Lucha. They did a little technical wrestling. They did a little bit of everything. And, man, if you want to know why these are two of the best super juniors in the world today, take a look and watch. And, of course, Ray Horse has been doing it for a long time. Dragon Lee, not as long, but he is very decorated. Of course, the brother of Roosh, and uh, after the match, man, they, they hugged it out. It was a great thing. I loved I loved every minute of this. Dragon Lee picking up the win. Yeah, great ring psychology too by Dragon Lee. Oh, absolutely. I really want to point that out. We axed up had a four corner survival match, which means uh, we had for the ROH World Television Champion. Of course, it means one pinfall to the finish. Mm-hmm. This match got eight minutes and fifteen seconds, and at the end of the day, your winner and new Ring of Honor World Television Champion Rhett Titus, as he defeated the former champion Dalton Castle, Silas Young, and Joe Hendry. To win his first singles belt in ROH, being an ROH mainstay, that was awesome sight to see. You know what? I it completely blew my mind that that was his first singles run. I mean, he's had a lot of tag titles, right? Because that's what I was associating with, and I figured like maybe he got a, a quick you know TV title run in there here and there. But man, this match was definitely fun. Dalton Castle was all over the place for this match. Oh, I loved it. Dalton Castle is one of the top guys in the company. Mm-hmm. Very good time, and of course we got some uh, Danhausen on. Uh, no, Dak Draper was on commentary. Dak Draper was on the list. It was very good. Dak Draper even tried to get involved. Yep. But solid in-ring work all around, too. And like I say, Titus coming away with that win. Can't be mad about that. Big night for the foundation, as we'll find out. And we'll find out next, because uh, the next up was in a pure rules match for the ROH Pure Championship. 12 minutes, 58 cents. You're your champion. And still, Josh Woods of the foundation, which is he defeated Brian Johnson by technical submission. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with how ROH's pure division works, it's simple. You have three rope breaks. That's it. After you've used up your three rope breaks, that means the ropes can't save you anymore. Within a minute and a half of this match, well, actually, no, I think it's three minutes. Within three minutes of this match, Brian Johnson had wasted all three of his rope breaks. Yeah. And it would come back to haunt him because the way he lost this match was via a top rope side triangle. They looked brutal. This was great <laughs> ring psychology, too. The fact that you had the three rope breaks burnt up instantly, and then let alone you finish with the stand. Like, he was standing with Williams yeah. for this. Like it, he was to, hanging to, him, to, basically. To put it in perspective, what Woods did, like, it's absolutely wild to see how this panned out. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Great match. Amazing guys. Brian Johnson brings the energy, man. Oh, my God. He was amped. Next up, we had uh, the Fight Without Honor, one of the matches we were definitely interested in because we are big fans of our boy Shane Taylor doing big things out there. This Mm. match got 18 minutes, and it was violent AF. And at the end of the day, Shane Taylor defeated Kenny King to end the feud. And I said it that night, and I'll say it again. This match proved once again that 
believe it or not, contrary to popular belief, and you're talking to a guy who watches deathmatch wrestling, mm-hmm. but I will tell you this. You do not need blood to bring the violence because this match was violent as fuck, but there was zero blood. Zero blood, but violent AF is an understatement, especially one of the wildest spots on the outside of the ring where they set the ladder up as a bridge and they had to have people hold it to when they did Taylor did that spot on King. He packaged pile driver on yeah. a ladder bridging the ring in the uh barricade, yes. It was insane. That wasn't even the finish. No, it wasn't the finish. We got a crazy chair shot to the head after Kenny King did the uh do it, do it, just just do it. Yeah. So he cranks him and then he sets the chair down and packaged pile driver onto the chair for the one, two, three. At the end of the match though, they uh they came up hugging and squashing the feud. And by the way, uh Lou says uh Shane Taylor and King match of the night. I I you know what? I can see why you said that. That wasn't my match of the night, but it was one of them. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Uh, by the way, Shane Taylor, very upset because he, he he said that Ring of Honor did what they do, and they slighted them because as their celebration was going on, they cut the feed to a CM Punk pre-taped going away message. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he I mean, once again, I, I, I the video he showed, I, I thought that we saw most of that. Yeah. But at the same point in juncture, I mean, if he feels slighted, he has all the right to feel slighted. He's there. Punk wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I completely understand his argument about it. And it's just, it, it, it's we saw most of it, but I know that they want to keep the camera on him. And they should have, too. I, my feeling is with the talent was being there, they were ones being supported. As soon as they left the ring, then you could have cut to the Punk promo because they were showing a lot of uh, impact wrestlers who had came through before in AEW. I was going to say, we got Adam Cole, CM Punk, Daniel, or Brian Danielson. I keep Freudian slipping that one. Yeah. Uh, there was tons of people on the in the breaks. They're talking about their time in Ring of Honor, and if it's, this is it, then, you know, so be it. At least the, there wouldn't be them without the, – it was nice send-offs. Mm. However, I could understand why somebody who was in the company would be upset about it. Yes. That's, that's no, absolutely, because they, they should have waited till it left the ring. That's what they should have done. Well, we had another title match right after, and it was for the ROH Women's World Championship. The match got nine minutes and 50 seconds. Roxy defended the championship against Willow Nightingale, and I think the story here is that Willow Nightingale stole this match and was the MVP of this match. Absolutely. Uh, instant fan this first time. I really got a chance to see her work. Wow. Completely blown away by her. This was a fantastic match, too, and then we get the ending. The ending surprise one one of the first surprises of the evening. Mm-hmm. The match is over. Roxy's celebrating, and then the music hits for none other than the Ray of Ray, the Triple A Ray Ray of Ray's champion, the Great Virtuosa, Diana Perazzo makes her return to Ring of Honor. Yes, gets in the ring and says, "Hey, listen, upcoming at uh, Hard to Kill." I am getting a shot at my... I am going to take back my Impact Championship from Mickey James. After that, how about me and you have a match and winner takes all? You bring your Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. I have the AAA title. I'll have the Impact title. Roxy, me and you, winner takes all. So even though Ring of Honor is going on hiatus, at the very least until April... We still get winner take all. Take my money now. This is a smart move for Impact and ROH because even though with the hiatus going on, their belt's still getting defended. Roxy versus Perazzo, sign me up. That's going to be a match of the year candidate. Rest assured. So during the pre-show, because this is building to this next match, there was a six-man 
match announced before this. Mm-hmm. It was going to be Violence Unlimited taking on the team of Eliism, Tyler Rustin, Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams. Yes. So, in the pre-show, Rocky Romero was doing an on-spot tribute to Ring of Honor in his home when he gets cut off by Brody King and Violence Unlimited. And Brody King says, hey, you should be on this show. You're Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. You were a Rottweiler. Yeah. Is there some of that Rottweiler left in you? How about you join up and get a little violent with Violence Unlimited? It led to a fun moment because Rocky made a, a, a not, he tried to be serious and it came off as a joke, which was funny. Yeah. So that means they had four. Well, the other team had needed a four. Well, EC3 was there to also cut a similar promo when he was asked by the other guys to join their team. So we're going to get an eight-man tag. So we did. We got an eight-man tag with those eight men. That match went 14 minutes and 45 seconds. At the end of the day, Violence Unlimited defeats... EC3, Eliism, Tyler Rust, and Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams. Let's talk about the match before we talk about the post-match, uh, which was even bigger. How do you feel about the match? You can't say anything wrong about Violence Unlimited. I'm a huge fan of what they do. Woo! They definitely wanted to steal the show. And obviously... A lot of ways they did. Yes, they did. It, this was definitely hard-hitting. It did not pull any punches. Homicide, doing homicide things. Homicide broke out the old-school Michael Myers coveralls yes. that he used to wear back in the day, which was awesome. Uh, he also broke out a fork. <laughs> yeah, that got wild. That got wild. And let's just say EC3 took a fork spot where he, like, it looked like Homicide was trying to stick the fork through the sides of his mouth. Yeah, he was trying to go through the cheek. It was it was crazy and insane. Uh, at the end of the day, Violence Unlimited wins. But the big story was what happened after the match. Mm-hmm. Because EC3 gets the microphone and he cuts one of his crazy EC3 is crazy you know, uh, control your narrative speeches, you know, what he's yeah. been doing. So he's offering Eliism, Brian Johnson, who wasn't even the match, but came back out. And I'm trying to remember who the third person was because I can't remember. Oh, uh, um, Dak Dra- Draper. Draper. Dak Draper. Sorry. I did forget that for a second. He offered them a spot with this, you know, to control their narrative. Join him. Join his cult, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And out come from the back stepped a man that I still don't know who he is. We'll just call him Kid Vampiro because he looks like Vampiro. He looked like a young Vampiro. And Wesley Blake. Mm-hmm. So we've now, remember when we were trying to figure out where Wesley Blake was? He's with this crew. So he asked these guys that, and uh, basically they turn him down. After he gives this wrong speech about honor and this ring isn't built on honor and the companies above us they don't care about us but we can take it back we can overcome we can control our own narratives this is some crazy stuff you got to see it you can, you can find it on youtube mm-hmm. but uh after the end he goes you know what he, he said no he's like okay bad choice release the titan and we're like release the titan what does he think he's in a fucking movie now yeah. well the Titan happens to be none other than an Adam Shear, a.k.a. Braun Strowman, the first time we've seen him since his release from World Wrestling Entertainment. And boy, is he looking jacked as fuck these days. Yeah, he has not missed a day of the gym. Whew. Holy shit. And he destroyed three men yes. pretty handily. And uh, the Control Your Narrative guys carried those three men away from the ring. So I, I guess they kidnapped him. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of a weird setup because uh, EC3 called those gentlemen out, so that was why everybody came to the ring. And he just cut one of his EC3 is crazy promos, which is fantastic work on the mic, I gotta say. But it, where this is all going to lead is really up in the air because obviously with ROH being on hiatus, is this now going to be a traveling faction through the Indies, which I would be down for? But the well, jury is still out. They're also doing shows under control your narrative, so I don't know if that's going to be part of their show and other Indies. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I really don't. Interesting, none to say the least. I know some people didn't like it. Me, personally, I had nothing wrong with it. I just thought it was interesting. 
Well, that's the whole thing with EC3's character now, but at least it's something different. It's not cookie cutter for what you see on everything else. Like, love it or hate it, it definitely stands out. And you got to be honest. Did you ever think that you would see Adam Shear at a Ring of Honor show? No. Honest I mean, to God, no. A guy who did not come through the indies, a product of World Wrestling Entertainment. Mm-hmm. We haven't even seen him in the indies. He's done a couple signings, but hasn't wrestled. And all of a sudden, finally, we see him after months. Yeah, that blew my mind. Crazy. Well, we get into the last two matches of the evening, and in my opinion, the two best matches of the evening. Mm-hmm. You could add in Shane Taylor and Kenny King. This whole show is great. Yes. But there was three real fucking good matches, but let's start with this one, because it was up next for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. The champions coming in, OGK, mm-hmm. Matt Taven, Mike Bennett. By the way, they kicked it back to the old stool, came out to the kingdom music, yes. wearing the kingdom gear, and with Maria Canellis. As their valet. Loved it. And they were defending against the 11-time ROH World Tag Team Champions. Not to mention, probably, in my estimation, the best tag team in wrestling. That's right. I didn't mix those words. Mm -hmm. For the last 20-plus years. Them boys. The GCW World Tag Team Champions. The Briscoes. By the way, how great was this fucking match? This was my match of the night. This delivered on everything that you wanted from tag team wrestling. And if you were not familiar with ROH's tag team division, they reminded you about how to do this without having to do super kicks every five seconds or post-match beatdowns. They really set the bar. They really told a great story. It went back and forth. The action was wild. Mark Briscoe is a wild man, if you were not familiar the doomsday device from the floor. I was going to say, how about the, the video that made the rounds of OGK putting Jay Briscoe up and Matt Taven doing a dive over the top rope clothesline for a doomsday device on the floor? Yeah. Matching move for move. It, it, this was everything you wanted. And like I said, I marked out for it. And we didn't have, like I said, any valets come in or any kind I, of entourages. But I could say that everybody in this match indeed manned up. Yes. But at the end of the day, your winners and the 12-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, Jay and Mark, the Briscoes. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Five stars all day. As a matter of fact. But that wasn't it for this match. No. Because after the match, of course, very big respect between OGK and the Briscoes. They're both ROH teams. They both have had feuds in the past, continued it, had a great match. Much love and appreciation. As the Briscoes got on the microphone and Jay Briscoe said, I don't care where you're at. I don't care who you are. We are the best damn tag team in the world today. And I dare anybody to come step in our faces because they can get it too. And then the lights go out. And when the lights come back on, we finally got what we were waiting for. FTR was in Baltimore. They got in the ring with the Briscoes and it was a pull apart brawl. Give it to me now. I am still crossing my fingers and praying to the wrestling gods that that is the match that goes down for GCW, World on GCW, at the Hammerstein Ballroom on January the 23rd, 2022. It should. It's an indie match, to say the least. It's a dream match. This will absolutely tear the roof off any place it's at. And for GCW, this would be such a huge win. AEW is a long shot, but it's not out of the realm of thought. It isn't, but you know what? With that being said, Ken M, give me what I want. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm going to be there, and I want that. I mean, they're already going to give me a quality show. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, facts. But that is the main event, or one of the main events 
I want personally. Speaking of main events, Ken M, that's all we had left. And now we found out, of course, this past week, that Bandito would not be at Final Battle because mm-hmm. he failed the COVID test. Right. So we were wondering what was going on. And then we got announced that the main event was going to be Jonathan Gresham versus Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. No problems. Okay. Well, what about the belt? Well, it was simple. They said it was for the ROH world title, and the winner was going to get the original Ring of Honor world title, the old school belt. How cool was that? It was. So we got two of the guys who carried the flag for Ring of Honor, heaviest of all. Went one-on-one, and boy, did they put on a wrestling clinic. This match is amazing. This match is amazing. The best wrestler on the planet and Jay Lethal doing amazing in-ring work. You knew the, they were going to definitely go out with a bang, and they definitely did. 15 minutes, 35 seconds. Your winner and new and possibly final mm-hmm. Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Champion, Jonathan Gresham. Absolutely fantastic moment. That was a great moment, and that's the moment you go out on. Yes, Indeed. The whole locker room came out for the match, surrounded the ring. Smacking on the cam- on the canvas. It was great. It was great to watch. Mm-hmm. Great to watch. Overall, man, how'd you feel about ROH final battle? If this is it, they went out as best they could. I couldn't imagine going any better. From bell to bell, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., they brought it. Every single wrestler got in that ring and gave it all and left it in the ring. There was no match that you were like, oh, this is filler, this is whatever. It was a nice touch to see the stars from the past, from Impact Wrestling with Eddie Edwards to AEW with CM Punk, Adam Cole, baby, and Brian Danielson, who gave probably the best farewell speech of the night yeah. to before the main event really show how much this company meant. And if you're not familiar with Ring of Honor, because if you're a WWE or AEW only, this company has set the standard for quality matches for the past 20 years. They have created the superstars you follow each week because they really got a chance to showcase their skills and hone their craft here in ROH. The bar was set. The talent that was there that night knew it. Everybody delivered. There wasn't anything that you went and go like, oh, man, they shouldn't have done this. Every match felt like a big moment, and it's very hard to pull that off, but they did it. All I know is in a few weeks, we'll be doing the Brodies at the beginning of the year to give out our awards for our best of the year, worst Mm -hmm. of the year, and everything else. And, man, I thought that I knew what my best event of the year was. I don't know. They're making a run at it. That's all I'm going to say about it. They made a run. Uh, I don't know. Is it top to bottom great card? One of the best match, one of the best cards I've seen all year. One of the best events I've seen all year. If this is truly it for Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. they w- they went out with a bang. So at the end of the show, though, I let's speak about a little quick before the break. Let's talk about you know that the elephant in the room. Sure. Are they coming back? At the end of the show, they did go away with this video package that started the, like some of the history going through the belt, and then it said that 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 was an end of an era. The new era begins. April, I think it was April 3rd or 4th, 2022. That would be the day of Supercard of Honor. Mm -hmm. Well, it's going to be interesting how this all plays out. So, tentatively, they are coming back. Well, I look at it like this. There's there's a few options. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a few options here. This is uh, let's lay all the options, and then we can pick likeliest and non likeliest as we go. So, option number one is that they just come back. Yes. 
Probably the most likeliest of options. Uh, with coming back, it sounds like they're going to restructure. Uh, we've we've said in the past that they're probably going to get rid of contracts. They're going to run themselves more like an indie, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That still means there'll be talent. There'll be, still be things, but there will be no contracts to hold them back, which is cool. Yeah. Also, you know, you never know. They might change the product a little bit. I hope not, but they might. Mm-hmm. They might try to be more of an attractive company to, you know, suitors, if you will. That's a, I think that's the most likely answer at this point. Mm-hmm. The next option, of course, is the selling option. That between now and then, Ring of Honor Wrestling will be sold. I mean, obviously, the most likely of buyers are two companies, AEW and WWE. If you're going by who, if you're going by just money, if Ring of Honor is just interested in making money for their tape library alone, WWE will pay them a shit ton of money. Oh, yeah. Just because they want the tape library. However, if it's not because we're not because there's no way and I know some people are going to go out and go, well, Tony Khan's dad is a billionaire. It doesn't matter. There's a certain level he's not going to spend on a company. Mm-hmm. There's only, you know, Vince will pay more because he knows he can profit off of that tape library. Yeah, because he has a streaming service and stuff. AEW also can profit off the tape library. Don't get me wrong. But that's what Vince has done over the years is collected tape libraries. That's his most important thing. We all know this. Mm-hmm. It's not a surprise. What I'm saying is if they decide to go the route of we want this to live on in some way or shape or form and still be active, they would sell to AEW. Yeah. Because I could see Tony Khan using AEW much like NXT should be ran as a feeder system so people will get TV time and get used to like on a lower TV channel and internet time. And also he could use the footage from Ring of Honor to have his own Streaming service. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going with AEW stuff alone, your own streaming service is not attractive for people who pay $10 a month or whatever it is. Right. Yes, pay-per-views, that'd be nice at a lower price, so that's a selling point. But you only do four of those a year. The company's only been around for three years, though, so they don't have the tape library to make that real attractive. All of a sudden, you add in Ring of Honor's tape library, it becomes real attractive. Because mm-hmm. now you have years of tape, and you regain the rights to all in. Yes. Which is definitely the birthplace of AEW. Also, you gain the rights to call your event all in because you can go back to calling it all in starting next year. So there's a little bit there. So, I mean, I could see that happening. One of those two options in the cell app. Yeah, I, I could definitely see it happening, too. I think that that was something that the Ring of Honor brass is going to have to think about because guarantee you this... AEW and WD has contacted them about something. And plus, the one real telling point I got from Final Battle is AEW might be on a little more friendlier terms with them than we think. Yeah, especially after the loaning of stars and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So, I mean, like I said, it's going to depend. Because if it comes down to just straight money, yeah, I don't is, see Vince being outbid for, yeah, the Vince tape, wins. for the tape library. But he won't keep that company going. He'll just take the tape library, put it on the network. And gut it. And, and then also use it for videos and stuff like that. And then just gut the company. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to sell it for a little less, but to keep the name alive and everything else, then you sell to Tony Khan, who would I would assume would use it as a feeder system and it would help out a lot. That's just my opinion. ROH on True TV. But I will point this out to you. Well, True TV would be a better move than they've ever had before. I agree. No, that's I'm I'm being dead serious about it this time. But I will say this. I think the most likely is that they will be back in some form or another in April. And they should like give it a run and see how it goes. If it's not panning out, at least you have that option in the back of your pockets there. 
absolutely. Well, with that being said, we're going to go to the first break of the show. During this break, if you're watching on Twitch, you're going to see the information for the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Of course, if you're listening, uh, and if you're listening on podcast and watching, you're also, while we're doing that, going to hear from our good friend, Second Suitor. Yes. This song is called Get It. And uh, you can find Second Suitor on Spotify, YouTube, Music, and Bandcamp. Please support them. They are awesome. And hopefully sometime in the not-too-distant future in the new year, we will have Tyler in, who is the lead singer of Second Suitor, because he's a huge, huge wrestling fan. I'd like to try to get him in maybe to go over Wrestle Kingdom. That's the tentative plan. Let's let's try to get him in here for that. As a big New Japan fan like me, it'd be awesome to have him in here for the Wrestle Kingdom review show. But with that being said... Enjoy, get it. We'll be back after the break with independent wrestling news, GCW preview. Hell yeah. And of course, the New Japan finals all setting up. All roads lead to Wrestle Kingdom. All of that after this break. We are back from the break. And before I go any further, Lou, what the hell is going on with you? Blink twice if you're not having a stroke. (laughs) Vincent travels to a small town where he falls in love with a career-focused woman and helps her realize that work isn't everything. I don't know. You're pitching a movie? Are we we getting movie pitches during 607 TWS? I don't know. You know, you know what else? You know who else doesn't? I'll tell you who else doesn't know. Lex Luger, what is your opinion on that? Don't no, that's not it. Come on, Lex. I don't know. There it is. Damn it. Damn it. 
ROH yeah. on Lifetime. I'm there. <laughs> I'm so fucking there. All right, good pitch. Good pitch. It was out of nowhere. I was like, what the hell is he going with? So here, we'll get you the I we'll mean, give you a point wrong, for that one. But you didn't have to say it. I mean, good lord. All right. This uh the mid card is brought to you by independentwrestling.tv. Get your fix of all things independent wrestling on independentwrestling.tv. Watch some great companies like the one we're about to talk about, West Coast Pro Wrestling. Also, H2O, uh, ETU, mm-hmm. uh, and so many more going on there. I hear that our, a friend of ours who was in the chat the other day dropped that PWX will also be debuting yes. on Independent Wrestling TV. So even adding more reasons to watch independentwrestling.tv. Of course, sign up. It's nine ninety nine a month, but... You can use the promo code ABSOLUTE in the checkout and get five days free. Make sure that you are subscribed. It's a great time to support independent wrestling with some great events. Speaking of which, independentwrestling.tv brought to, brought to you this week a great card that I watched on Friday night. Of course, West Coast Pro Wrestling, one of my favorite shows to watch on there, uh, had their show Iceland from San Francisco, California at the State Room, which is an interesting building. You've seen that before. Mm-hmm. This card was that. Let's talk about it. Uh, first up, there was a four-way elimination match. Nick Wayne, yes, the 16-year-old female, phenom, wow, not female, phenom, mm-hmm. defeated D-Rogue, Midas Creed, and Yo-Ya in seven minutes and four seconds. Great what? match. Yo-Ya on the West Coast, baby. Yo-Ya on the West Coast is a big deal, but yeah. Nick Wayne, don't sleep on him, man. That kid has got a bright future. A day before he showed up on... Ring of Honor Wrestling, Azuka, Rocky Romero defeated the young gunner, Titus Alexander. Great match, 12 minutes and 31 seconds. By the way, uh, Titus Alexander thought he was going to cheat to win against Rocky Romero. And then Rocky cheated to win because, you know, he's better at it than you are. Yeah, I was going to say, Rocky's a pro. Uh, next up, we had a great tag team match as the team of Carl Fredericks. Now, Carl Fredericks has been feuding with Team Filthy. Mm-hmm. Out there at uh, at NJPW Strong. So he's still doing it in the West Coast. Tonight, he needed some backup. Carl Fredericks got him some backup as his backup was the big bad Brody King. Oh, damn. Making his return to West Coast Pro Wrestling as they defeated the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs, 12 minutes and 8 seconds. Trust me, all these men chose violence. I can fully imagine Brody King back out there. <sighs> That's awesome. Dude, in a match that was kind of a show stealer, I'm not lying. Former West Coast Pro Wrestling heavyweight champion Alexander Hammerstone defeated Juicy Fenwa. 12 minutes and 46 seconds. Juicy got a huge pop at the end of the match, and Alexander, gave, uh, you know, he, uh, Hammerstone gave him this handshake and uh, hug it out. That's Great a cool match. Mo- that's a cool moment. Hammerstone is so good. Dude, Hammerstone from the middle rope, uh, he did a fallaway slam on Juicy. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, that big of a man carried him up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The strength of Hammerstone. Wow. Why he's not signed somewhere, I have zero Yeah, things. I got no idea about that. Next up, making, believe it or not, her debut in West Coast Pro Wrestling, Dark Sheik, tag-teamed with Trisha Dora. Debut? Yeah, she's never wrestled for West Coast Pro before. Wow. Dark Sheik, big prop, though, because it's the Bay Rightfully Area. Rightfully so, it's yes. the Bay Area. It's also Dark Sheik. She tagged with Trisha Dora, also one of the top wrestlers in the world today. Mm-hmm. Against the team of Nicole Savoy and Janai Kai. Ooh, very good match, by the way. I could fully imagine 13 that. minutes, 24 seconds. It was brutal. Next up was probably the upset of the decade. The old man has it still in him. 
Vinny Massaro hits the snoring elbow on Red Death Daniel Garcia for the win. Are you kidding me? 21 minutes, 51 seconds. Vinny Massaro. Check the... If you thought the gas was out on the old man, who should have retired, as everybody says. Uh Uh-huh. He didn't. And he defeats Red Death Daniel Garcia after a 21-minute, almost 22-minute battle. Snoring elbow for the win. I'm at a loss for words. I mean, good for him, but that yeah, you're right. That's a huge upset. Next up, we had a match that I've been waiting for because I feel like the one man is a modern day of this, this man I'm going to uh, announce after. Kevin Blackwood, mm. who's tearing it up in the Indies, defeated Alex Shelley in 14 minutes. Great match. Present meets future. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Kevin Blackwood is pretty much the modern day Alex Shelley. Uh, they had nice things to say about each other after the match and before the match. It's awesome. Next up. ACH defeated Ray Horace in 10 minutes and 53 seconds. Oh, that had to be exciting. By the way, that was everywhere. I, I could <laughs> fully imagine. about a fast-paced match? Woo! Yeah. And in the main event of the evening, for the West Coast Pro Wrestling Heavyweight title in a South City Street Fight, your champion, Black Death, the motherfucking truth. truth. AJ Gray defeated Jacob Fatu in 18 minutes and 53 seconds. And if you want to see violence, this match was for you. There was a particular spot in this match where AJ Gray did a top rope dive onto a door that was on top of Jake and Fatu, and both of them got fucked up. Great match, though. I actually caught this one, and this was freaking insane. (laughs) They both chose violence. Yes. They both won with violence. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. If you're not checking out West Coast Pro, I I really suggest to check out West Coast Mm -hmm. Pro. It's a very good wrestling company. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. It's it's one of my favorites to watch on there. There's a little bit of everything uh, there. There's a little bit of everything uh, as far as it goes with uh, World or sorry, Independent Wrestling TV. Um, any other uh, things you want to say about that before we check on over to something else? No, West Coast Pro. If you're a fan of GCW, it's that kind of vibe. It's that kind of style. They always have top shelf wrestling. No matter when you turn on the card, I was a little tied up, so I didn't get a chance to catch all of it. I'm going to go back this week and definitely rewatch it. But they always put on a solid card. So if you're looking for something different to watch, definitely go support the indie scene. And IWTV has got a lot of really, really cool federations to go check out. So if you're really looking for something different, that's the spot to go hit. Absolutely. So ready for this? Yes, let's do this. We got some results, ladies and gentlemen, but you know what we got results for, right, Ken M? Yes, it's I do. It's one of your favorite times. It is time to talk some New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's go. And of course, right now we uh, have the culmination of the rest of the Super Juniors and, and the World Tag League. Ooh. Uh, so we got we got things going on. Of course, uh, wins today. The everything the, the tournament was all wrapped up this past week. Uh, so we know what two teams are going to face off in the finals of the tournament now, and it's going to be a great. So the finals of the tournament are going to go down on the fifteenth uh, of December. So actually, when you're hearing this now, it'll be tomorrow Japanese time. So mm. I think. It might even be the following day because of Japanese time. I'm not quite sure how Japanese time completely works. But, Ken M, I know that I sent these to you yesterday. Are you ready to talk about who is in the finals? Yes, absolutely. All right. So, the card is set. 
It's going to take place in Raiguko, Japan. In the finals of the World Tag League, we will have the Chaos Team taking on House of Torture. Hmm. So, both of these teams finish as the leaders of their respective blocks. And, of course, it gives me the news in Japanese, which always kind of sucks. <laughs> it's yeah. not giving me the United States website, even though I clicked on the U.S. website. Uh, so, anyways, going back to this, thank you. So, if you didn't know who that is, the Chaos team is represented by Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. And House of Torture is evil and Yujiro Takahashi. Can you believe that's their finals? No, I'm very shocked by that, but I'm taking House of Torture. Uh, taking House of Torture to take it all? Yep. You know what? I'm also with you. I'm taking House of Torture as well. So that leaves the best of the Super Juniors final. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, yes. the best of the Super Juniors final will place Hamaru Takahashi, the former champion, multiple time champion, the ticking time bomb. And he'll take on Yo. Yo. Yo, I, Yo comes from behind. Show who had the best tournament possible. But it's Yo who comes from behind to overcome a zero to four an 0 and four deficit to start this to go on to the finals of the best of super junior. Yo is winning this. I don't this completely blew my mind because I, I had show pegged for this. Oh, he was the favorite, hands yeah, down. Yeah, but the fact that Yo snuck in there, I'm not down anything going on here. And Takahashi is going to give him everything he can handle. But I'm taking Yo in the upset of. Dare I say, is, is it going to be the upset of the year already? Like I know we are I, Masaru, it's the end of, Well, I think it's the end of the year, but this could be an upset if Yo wins it all after starting the tournament zero and four. Yeah, you have to give it to him. It. Not to mention that he's going to cap it off by possibly beating. One of the best super juniors to ever live in the ticking time by Hamaru Takahashi. Yeah, if he if he beats Takahashi, it's it's a wrap. He's winning everything. Well, also on that card, we have other matches uh, in the first opening bout because they go in order in New Japan. Those are those are going to be your co-main event and main event, by the way. Uh, but we'll have the uh, young young lions, Koshi Fujita, Yudo Nakashima, and with their trainer Taguchi. Taking on the Suzuki Goon team of Doki, Takia Michinoku, and Minoru Suzuki. Kids, run. I remember reading one time on YouTube, and I can't remember who po- who posted this, but there should make a video game of Suzuki just hunting young lions. Kids, run. Yes. Do not get in the ring. He likes to beat you up when you're at ringside for his matches. Yes. Run. Suzuki all day. <laughs> uh, the second match on the card will be... Uh, Tiger Mask, the new Tiger Mask, in uh, training with a young with a young lion who is up and coming, Raihoi Oi, and they will take on the Bullet Club's cutest tag team, El Fantasmo and Taji Ishimori. I'm not the one that called them that. That is actually what they go by. Yep, and I never go against Fantasmo, so you know where my vote is. Third match of the night, we'll have Master Wado, Hamina, Taga, uh, um, Hamina Makabe, and Toriyanu taking on the, the Suzuki Goon team of Kanemura, El Desperado, Tai Chi, and Zack Sabre Jr. Sabre Jr. all day. Next up, we'll have another gigantic match where we'll have the team of Yuji Nagata, Kojima, Hiroshi Tenzan, and the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, taking on the Bullet Club team of Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, and the Gorillas of Destiny. This is going to be a fantastic match. 
I you know I'm never going to go against the the Gorillas, so I got to go Bullet Club about this one. In kind of a budding feud here in New Japan Pro Wrestling, we'll also get Los Ingrenables de Japón team of Tetsuya Naito and Sonata taking on the United Empire team of the Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb is back too, so like I'm he's been on a roll lately. I am going to go obviously United Empire on this one. And we are going to see for the first time on the road to Wrestle Kingdom, the reigning undisputed IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, or according to Osprey, disputed. This disputed. And the winner of the G1 Climax, who will get a shot on January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom, they're going to touch because it's a tag match. Los Ingrenables, the Hapone team of Bushi and Shingo, taking on the Chaos team of Robbie Eagles and Kazuchika Okada. What a match. Plus the finals that we just mentioned earlier. So that is all going down. Uh, it looks like it's going to be on 4.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on December 15th. And it will be in English, if you are wondering. NJPWWorld.com for all that information. Ken M, how excited are you for these next pieces for the road to Wrestle Kingdom? Wrestle Kingdom is one of the greatest events of the year. And they're stacking this up very well. I'm still in shock about Yo. I, I'm sorry, like, this still is not wrapped around my head that he got this far. It, you know what? Upsets happen. But, uh, yeah, uh, but you know what? For how it started and how it finished, he just puts in the work and look how we go. And, like I say, we get that hello, that amazing tag match, too, to top it off. And, like I say, once we get to the finals, Russell Kingdom is shaping up very nicely. Two nights of amazing action from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Definitely excited about that. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's going to lead us to our last subject here in the mid-card. And, of course, that is the great GCW Wrestling. Game Changer Wrestling is back this Friday night, December the 17th, from the Ukrainian Cultural Center in Los Angeles, California. So if that means 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is your bell time, it is called Blood on the Hills, and it is the final stop on the way to the year-ending matches and year-beginning matches that will take place at Atlantic City, New Jersey mm -hmm. on the 31st of January or 31st of December and the 1st yes. of January, uh, which I will be in attendance for. So keep your eyes posted at Three Fighters Pod on Twitter and everything else because I will be posting pictures, videos, and everything else and, and from live from the floor of the carousel room Yes, in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Can't wait to see the coverage. Well, we got a stack card here. So I don't know this match, this first match, there's going to be a big question mark. Because originally it's scheduled for Bandito versus Blake Christian. It's all going to depend on if Bandito is cleared or not. Mm -hmm. So, I'm assuming if not, we will get a suitable replacement. But that I'm going to start with that match because it's questionable. Right. I hope it happens because I would love to see that match. Yeah, definitely hoping to see that match. I mean, Blake Christian, what can you say? Since he came back from NXT and he's back on the Indies, absolutely crushing it right now. And I hope, it's, I hope to get, see him and Bandito. I'm taking Christian in this one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me as well. Uh, next up, we have the Dark Sheik going one-on-one -on -one with Jacob Fatu. If you chose violence, this is your match. Yes. <laughs> this is not going to be one for the faint of heart. I I love everything about this. I'm taking Sheik in the upset. Oh, I love Dark Sheik as well. I'm going to take Dark Sheik as well. Uh, next up, making his GCW debut, believe it or not, longtime pro legend, Chikara legend even, Jigsaw. Mind you, East Coast guy. Yeah, making I was going to say. Debut on the West Coast. He is going up against, and I know he loves it because he always likes it when I tweet about it, the number one asshole in the world, Tony Deppin. We built this city. <laughs> Tony Deppin's amazing. Uh, Jigsaw coming out there, though? That is wild. I'm telling you. That's going to be a fun match. Uh, if I got to choose a winner, I'm going to take Deppin, though. 
Uh, next up, we have a tag team match that a lot of people have been looking forward to. Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green, or better known as the Cardonas, will go on, will go on in a tag team match against Bussy, Alley Catch, and Daddy, Effie. Do the Cardonas know what they've stirred up with this? The attacks on social media, you don't want to rile Bussy up. Because Bussy is going to come for him. And this is going to be a wild match. Uh, I, I could see this ending in a no contest and this extending the feud to Atlantic City. It could be. Next announced for this card is going to be a singles match between your newly crowned Ring of Honor World Champion, Jonathan Gresham, and the West Coast Pro Heavyweight Champion, member of SGC, Black Death, the motherfucking truth, AJ Gray. Let's go. This is gonna be a fantastic. This is match. a battle. This is a. This is a. This is gonna be. Well, AJ Gray is a phenomenal wrestler as well, but he's also tough as nails. Jonathan Gresham, best technical wrestler in the world today. Woo! Sign me up. Yeah, I, I don't even want to try picking a winner on this one. Next up for the GCW World Tag Team Championships, your champions, and also the new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark, and they're taking on formerly known as Villain Enterprises, Brody King and PCO. Damn. <laughs> Just damn. And, uh, of course, there's going to be more matches. These are the only ones announced currently, but I'm sure throughout the week we'll get a scramble match and a couple, probably one or two other matches, but the one that we can't wait for. And in no ropes, barbed wire death match, the Silver Teeth Satan, Atticus Koger, will go one-on-one -on -one in this long-lasting feud. With the man that's known as Big Breakfast, these Coast Ace, the Clout Cutter, and one of the best young wrestlers in the business today, Jordan Oliver. This match is going to be absolutely bloody, disgustingly good. Do you want to talk about a great story buildup? This has been going on for months now. The build has been phenomenal. Atticus Kogar might be the best heel in all of wrestling. Well, I was going to say, Bully Ray put it out there. that He wanted to see a real heel, not one that was a cool-to-be-heel. And my first thoughts were, like, Atticus Koger's the guy. Yeah. He's not a cool-to-like-you heel. Nobody likes Atticus. I mean, we all respect him. Yes. But nobody likes Atticus Koger. He's not going through the building, and you don't hear the claps for Atticus Koger when he comes to the ring. There's a reason why when he walks out, if there's no barricade like there is in GCW, he just walks out to a tunnel of middle fingers. Yep. And loves every minute. Plays it up. He ain't on social media trying to be the cool heel. No. He's on social media cutting his own promos and talking shit about people. I mean, Jordan Oliver has a patch over his eye from the incident with the sparklers. What does Atticus Coger do? Post the picture of him, because uh, Jordan posted a picture, and he said, you look like a pirate, and I hate pirates. <laughs> Kogar is so good. If you want to know how much of a heel he is, just look on YouTube, but in Atticus Coger, Kobe Carino. One of the most vicious promos you'll ever hear in pro wrestling. Bar so none. I think you got your guy. Now Cardona reached out and said him, and hey, Cardona, you ain't the one. No, Cardona's not even close. I, I credit Cardona for what he does in wrestling, mm -hmm. and you're a huge heel in GCW. With that being said, everywhere else, not so much. Currently, he's playing a face in, in Impact. So yeah, no, it's Kogar right now is the biggest heel in all of wrestling. Like I say, it's it's arguable. But if you want to talk about a true heel, he relishes in the role. The feud that they've had going, I mean, just take a look at what he did. It's so alive to Jordan Oliver's face. 
and how wild that match was. I fully expect them to crank up the intensity for this one. Ah, I got to say, it, it, it's going to be Jordan Oliver, but I don't doubt Kogar winning. And then if he wins this one, I, eventually he's got to get a title shot. I'm get, just, get ready for some shit. Yeah. I'm saying the era of Kogar is coming. He's going to have a big 2022. I agree. I absolutely agree. Great card. If you're looking for something to watch this weekend, I suggest you go to fight.tv and order GCW Blood on the Hills. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. I know Lou's already got his order in. I have my order in. I'll be watching it from a hotel room, but I have my order in. I cannot wait to talk about the show next week. And I cannot wait because that this is just the final countdown because after this, the next time I see GCW, I will be there live. Yeah. So I cannot wait. And then there's only a couple other shows before January 23rd, which I will also be at live. And I cannot wait for that as well in Hammerstein Ballroom. So GCW, things are looking up. It's looking good. Also, uh, by the way, Independent Wrestling TV has also got two nights, December 7th and 18th, H2O Wrestling. Uh, mm. There will be a title tournament to crown the new H2O World Champion, plus so much more. So there you go. There's another option for you on independentwrestling.tv. Also, I know that the bulldozer, Matt Tremont, will be in a death match against Bobby Beverly on one of the nights. I'm not sure which one, though. So there you go. Yeah. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, you guys are going to go to the break because, you know, we take that second break of a show. Yes. But while we're at the break... I've, I'm, I'm, I'm calling an audible, Ken M. Oh. Calling an audible. I was going to go with a different song, and I just decided, you know what? I'm going to go with something that's right up my alley. And that's uh, our good friends, the Jasons. I see what you're doing. The song is called, I Want to Be an Asshole, because me and Tony Deppin have a lot in common. So when we come back from this break, we are going to be talking all things. We're going to be talking some WWE news, some AEW news, including talking about the debut of Hook. And also previewing what's come to come here up this Wednesday on Winter is Coming. And then some toxic news as well. Yeah. With that being said, we'll be right back for the main event of the show. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It is time to rumble! It is time for the main event of this week's 607 TWS. And we got a couple WWE news stories. Of mm-hmm. course, last week we talked about... Uh, WWE sending home 
one Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Well, during the week, Jeff Hardy was released from World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, the story that Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful Select is saying is that WWE offered, well, kind of said uh, to Jeff Hardy, we want you to go to rehab. We need you to be better. We will pay for all of it. We will pay you while you're there. And Jeff Hardy gave them a no thank you. So WWE said, well, no thank you as well and released him. I can't blame him. I mean, if they really, if, if Sean Ross Sapp is correct in reporting it, once again, I don't know. But if he is, it, it could it be wrong of them to say, hey, we, we want you to go to rehab. We want you to be better. We want you to feel better. We want you to do better. And, you know, you can't have somebody who's going to be violating the, the, the drug policy and everything else on your roster and also possibly hurting somebody. I mean, I don't think this is a bad release if, if that's really true. And he turned down rehab. They, they have a precedent about doing this because if memory serves me right, they offered the same deal to Kurt Angle when he was going through his struggles. Yeah, and also this is the same week we found out that uh, the rehab that John Moxley went to was also paid for by World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah, I mean, if, if this is all true from what has been reported, that Hardy was offered rehab and turned it down, they have absolutely every right to cut him loose. And he's unfortunately, he has that history about him. And I'm just, I hope he gets better, and I hope that he is going to prosper somewhere else but you know obviously health first well uh it's kind of uh, kind of in a weird and shitty segue but it's it's, it's, it's i just mentioned it came out this past week john moxley's rehab was paid for by world wrestling entertainment that he just went into and came back out of uh we hope he's doing well we don't know he returned at the new japan show we talked about that a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh but he has not returned to AEW television yet which is fine uh the reason why i bring this up is because and uh, lou says addiction sucks it's so hard to stay clean i agree and once again, I, I wish him nothing but the best, but I mean, what are they going to do? They can only do so much. And I, I get it. I, 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 I 100% get it. And I, I hope he does. I hope he seeks it. And I know, even though he got let go, that if he does want to go to rehab, they'll pay for it. Let's yeah. be honest. They've done it for so many people. Kurt Angle, uh, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts, mm-hmm. Scott Hall, X-Pac a bunch of times. He talks about it all the time. Yeah. You know, so it's not like, you know, Sonny, they've done it a bunch of times for her. So it's not like they, and they do it multiple times for people. But uh, with the we found out in the weirdest of ways confirmed in the I mean Renee kind of said that WWE paid for it before yeah but we also got it confirmed by Tony Khan mm-hmm. that's right Tony Khan confirmed that WWE paid for John Moxley's rehab but in the same breath he also said that he had a nice sit down meeting with Nick Khan and some other of the powers to be at World Wrestling Entertainment this past week. That's yeah. right. I'm not he, lying. No, he's not. Tony Khan would go on to say, by the way, that they were nothing but professional, courteous, and it was great to sit down with them. I, I'm not making any of this up. Mm-hmm. No, he's I, right. I wish it was. It's not coming from dirt sheets. This is coming from Tony Khan. Yeah. The reason for the meeting is that WWE would like to come to an agreement with the AEW to use some talent for interviews for upcoming documentaries and podcasts, I'm assuming for Stone Cold, uh, Stone Cold and then some documentaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've, they reached out to, to, to Tony Khan wanted to sit down with him. They sat down in person and talk about it. And Tony Khan says the not be too surprised if you see some AEW talent involved in some WWE projects. So I guess they came to agreement. If this is all true, I mean, this is a huge step. For both companies. I mean, for WWE to really bolster their documentary series, that would be a huge step. And for AEW, 
this is can only be a win-win, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I said it before. Tony Khan does do some smart business moves. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Sure. And I know that we had talked about it. There was a time where Tony Khan in particular stopped talking about ratings and war. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because he was losing in the ratings or any of that. The, the problem was we got the WWE pay-per-view schedule in Labor Day weekend. WWE has the, a pay-per-view scheduled to be announced what it's called. And they made sure they blocked off both Saturday and Sunday. Yep. So they were going to run against all out. I don't know if maybe they'll not now. Maybe that was kind of their like, hey, you want to play with the big dogs? And we always speculated that they'll run the United Center mm-hmm. on the same day. Uh, Pat says, but how does this fit in the narrative that AEW and WWE hate each other and want to bury each other or have the Marks told me wrong info? Well, the Marks have told you wrong info. I don't think anybody hates anybody. It's business. I mean, we've come to business terms before with Chris Jericho. We know yeah. Chris Jericho. We know Tony Khan approved it and had conversations. Now we're hearing about a sit-down meeting. He said they were nothing but you know, courteous and professional, professional and put over Nick Khan and WWE huge. It's smart for business. And, and you know what? I hope more of the marks take a hold of this, the toxic ones, that guess what? Everybody's working together or starting to, allegedly. Well, I hope they do, because here's the thing. If it's a two-way door, you never know. AEW might end up saying, hey, why don't we do a little bit of business? Why don't, you know, you know, you got guys that you're not using. How about you release them to us? You know, if they want to come here, we'll take them off your hands. No, no, compete. Bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. And it could be a nice little thing in the future. It's a very smart business move for Tony Khan. Yeah. It goes a long way, and especially here's the thing. As, you know, we know, and I praised him for it, we know he's not a bad businessman at the end of the day. You say what he will about running football teams, whether it's soccer or American football. Mm. Say what you will about him running a wrestling company. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is the guy who was getting forced out to TBS and still struck a deal to get four specials on TNT and to keep Rampage on TNT. No, I think Rampage is going no, to Rampage, TBS. No, Rampage is staying in January. It's, that was confirmed. Rampage is on T. I might move to TBS sometime, but in January it stays on Ram- it stays on TNT on Friday nights. Okay, that was that was announced last week. They were both moving, and now somehow it's staying on TNT. Okay, I missed that then. Yeah, yeah. So the only thing moving is Dynamite on Wednesdays at TBS. Hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it's a wild world with TV, but I mean, for Tony, it, it looks. I mean, if perception is reality, is baby steps, but it still steps in the right direction. Hey, listen, you get a lot. You get a lot more. With honey than you do with vinegar. You catch flies that way. And WWE is going to, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. Technically, you're not competition with each other. You're doing two different things. One's doing sports entertainment. One's doing wrestling. Believe it or not, that's really kind of the the gist. Mm -hmm. And you can have sour pills and have everybody whatever. But at the end of the day... Yeah, it's it's better to work together. Oh, facts, absolutely. I mean, it, when they're all working together, you never know what's going to happen. That's what would appease the internet fans, and that's what needs to happen. Get more fans on the products. So, with that being said, let's talk about some all elite wrestling, and let's start off. Speaking of Rampage, big thing went down on Rampage. Now, I didn't watch Rampage because mm-hmm. I was watching West Coast Pro Wrestling on IndependentWrestling.tv, but I did see the clip thanks to you, mm-hmm. and uh, the big news coming out of Rampage, the what melted the internet was the in-ring debut of Taz's son, Hook, the 22-year-old upstart. Mm-hmm. As he f- he got in the ring and was wrestled Fuego Del Sol on this past week's 
uh, th- or I said thunder. <laughs> I mean, it might as well be called thunder rampage. So with that being said, uh, the internet lost its proverbial shit. Mm-hmm. By the way, the day after it was made official from all the wrestling that he is all elite. Right. So he must have not had a contract while he's been on TV for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird, but you know, it is what it is. So, you know, what's the best way for me to do this? Um, I don't know. I don't even know if there's a sound I could use. I was going to use a sound, but here's the thing. I don't understand why the internet lost their shit. Let me explain. Because I don't want the haters to think that I was whatever. Was I impressed with his first steps in a ring? Yes. He moved around the ring very well. He looked like he knew what he was doing. However, all we saw was a two minute and 45 second match where there was a lot of judo throws, a couple suplexes, some cross faces, which I really enjoyed, Mm -hmm. and a Taz mission now called Red Rum. I don't know if from what we saw there, you can say he's the future of the business. I hope he is. I hope he's really good. I, he looked good for his first time out, but he was also in there with a very good pro wrestler in Fuego del Sol. There was some moves that he did in that match that I don't think he could do to a bigger guy. But that's fine. I'm not shitting on it. My problem is that I watch a lot of independent wrestling and I see guys like Jordan Oliver. Mm-hmm. I see guys like Atticus Coger. I see guys like Nick Wayne. I see young talents like Billy Starks and Marcus Mathers. I see young stars like Starboy Charlie. I see even slight go a little older and people like Ninja Mac and AJ Gray. I see a lot of stars, a lot of people. I don't know if I would just from what I saw call him the future wrestling. Now, with that being said, I'm not saying he did bad. I think he did a very good thing. I just don't understand how the internet lost their shit. Can you explain that, or what's your take on it? So my take, because this is actually featured on the blog's count anywhere on ODPH Podcast Parlay Points, this was my initial take. One, thought the intro was very cool, the Action Bronson song, but I, yeah, immediately, awesome. but I immediately go, like, he's very skinny. He, and he weighed in at 201 on the scales. That's, that's what his announced weight was. I thought when he got in the ring, okay, the mannerisms was kind of cool. But he was working against Fuego del Sol, who is a, a lighter wrestler than him, who is moving around and definitely overselling those judo bumps, which is a cool thing to see. But my argument is going to be, okay, it was a great debut, but was I going, holy shit, look at this guy? No. I thought for a two-minute match, he did very well to get him on the road of pro wrestling for being his first match that we've seen him in. It was a okay debut, but for the reaction that people were having online about how he is the next coming of a Brock Lesnar type, that he is a game changer pump the brakes. Why are you going to crown him King when he hasn't even walked up the steps to the throne? You need to kind of just sit back and not drink so much Kool-Aid and kiss the ass of a company that listen is very happy with their product, but you're still going at this whole, like, oh, look at what they got. Look at what they got. WWE doesn't have it. I saw people were paraphrasing my article that I had out and was saying the same thing I did. I'd like to see him in another match with somebody else before I'm ready to start crowning. 
and people were immediately going, where are you writing from the Performance Center? I saw that tweet online as somebody. It wasn't even about that. Nobody said he had a bad debut. Everybody just said, before you crown him, let him breathe a little bit because when he goes in there against the likes of a Warlow or a Lance Archer or even on a lower scale, Cesar Bononi, who let's see if he has that same kind of match with him. When you're against the bigger guys, it's going to be a struggle. That's why I think what they should do, and I've been saying this on here, I've been saying this on six or ODPH, this is a perfect time for Tony Khan to get a cruiserweight division going in AEW. Think about this for a sec. You have Hook, Darby Allen, Dante Martin, who's absolutely lighting it up right now, Red Death, Daniel Garcia, Fuego Del Sol, Leo Rush, you have pieces there to start a division and definitely go some places with it because if you're all about the wrestling, you'll give them enough time on your show to shine. There is a possibility to do this, and I think Hook would flourish there. But if you're saying that he's ready to go against some of those heavy hitters right now, I think everybody needs to temper those expectations. Well, I mean, like I said, by no means do I think that he had a bad showing. Mm-hmm. I think he did very well. But once again, you can't call somebody the future of wrestling after one match. Right. Like, that's just not, that's not how that works. I mean, next time we see him, he might not have a good match. You know, get him in there with somebody, you know, I would protect him for a little bit, which they did a good job of not debuting him sooner. But I would protect him in the way of not putting him in there with anybody who's not, is not up to par, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not putting him in there with a Wardlow. Yeah. No offense to Wardlow, but he still isn't at a, he's still not where he needs to be. He's still growing. I don't know if a match between them would look great. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely keep him in there with guys that can go. You know, if you want to step him up the card a little bit, give him like, a, uh, you know, sexy Chucky e. T or somebody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like somebody who can help him along the way. But I digress. I, I'm not saying he may be the future wrestling. Maybe we are. Maybe we all witnessed the coming of the next big star. But I just don't see how you can see that in one match. And I definitely don't see how you can judge somebody for saying, hey, hold, pump your brakes. Because, I'm sorry, you can't judge any of that from one match. Exactly. That was the biggest takeaway I had was, like, you had all the toxicity come pouring out, and people were just saying, let's see a little more before you crown them. I got two words for anybody who thinks that they're judging the future of wrestling off of one match. Rick McGraw. (laughs) If you're not familiar with that name... You should be because uh, there was a little documentary that came out a couple years ago. There was a lost match of Bret the Hitman Hearts that came to surface. You can find it still on the WWE Network on the Peacock. Yeah. And in this match, he went up against a guy named Rick McGraw, who, when they first saw this kid, he looked like a million bucks. He was a Vince McMahon guy. And Vince McMahon put him in there in his debut match, his tryout match, if you will, in a dark match against Bret the Hitman Hart. He goes out there and looks like a million bucks. Meanwhile, WWE signs him to a contract, or WWF at the time signs him to a contract, and then he goes out there and is complete horseshit. And for the next six months, does nothing but be horseshit after horseshit after horseshit, never picking anything up. And they just went, what the hell happened? And didn't know, and then let him go. Mm-hmm. Well, years later, you know, we would find out. It's because Brett the Hitman Hart is that damn good. Yes. So Brett made him look like a million bucks, and nobody else got a good match out of the kid. But he was the future. WWE was looking at him as the replacement for Hulk Hogan eventually. They're like, we can build this kid up, and he's going to be you know, the role that the Ultimate Warrior would later step in. That was what Rick McGraw was hired for. 
So the reason why I say don't judge so much is because you don't know yet. And does that mean I hope he's not? No, I hope Hook is, has a great career, and I hope Hook is a great wrestler because his dad, Taz, is one of my favorite wrestlers of all times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if most people know that or not. I love Taz. I'm a big ECW mark. And I, Taz is one of my favorite wrestlers. Him and the franchise Shane Douglas, my two favorite wrestlers, one of the greatest matches of all time at Guilty as Charged 99. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I don't think we should put the pressure on the kid. Let him get better. Is he a great athlete? Absolutely. Did he have a great opening showing? Yes. Or was it Tom McGee? Oh, it's Tom McGee. Sorry. Why did I say Rick McGraw? Rick, Rick McGraw also was a bad wrestler, by the yeah. way. Yeah. But it was Tom McGee. Sorry. My bad. No worries. I, I, I took me a second to look at the name. Yeah. Rick McGraw also was in a similar situation, though. Uh, he was a jobber after a while, but he was another one. But yes, it was Tom McGee. So sorry. Damn. I'm getting sloppy on my reporting. Now I'm sounding like Dave Meltzer, getting wrong names. Well, he just gets all wrong to everything. But anyways. Yeah. I digress, but yeah, I, I'm just saying, don't be making fun of people who don't think, because again, you can come at me about it, but once again, one match is not enough to, for me to crown somebody the future of a company. Do I hope he's the future? Fuck yeah, man. Oh, I hope yeah. you see more great things out of him. I hope he is a great wrestler, but I'm not going to say that he's the greatest right out the gate, Yeah, especially when I see other young kids doing just the same or better. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing you have to take away is like pump the brakes. You can't say these he, it, the gimmick's all new and it's fresh and it's innovative. It's like, what was so innovative? It was a solid match. I also throw out there, uh, you know, right now we got Nick Wayne at 16 years old that I would say is look at one of his matches and tell me he's not great. Exactly. Or Starboy Charlie. So you give him another six years at 22 and you're telling me the future of wrestling is Hook? Hook wishes he could do the things that fucking Nick Wayne does. It's facts. And I'm sorry. That's not shitting on it's anybody. Not a it's slight. just a fact. It's true. Not to mention that kid's got a heritage. The sonny, the son of uh, Buddy Wayne, mm-hmm. West Coast legend. Anyways, continuing on, uh, but yeah, I thought Hooks. Uh, by the way, if you want my opinion, Hooks' uh, performance was very good, but I'm not ready to crown him the future of wrestling yet. But I would like to see more out of him because I do think he was very good. Looks, looks great too. He's got the cut up. The hair though. The hair was crazy. The hair was crazy, but I don't care about that as much. Uh, suplexes look good. Uh, judo throws look good. Taz Mission looked real good. Yeah, and I was a fan of the cross faces. Because that's one of the things I was a fan of uh, his father for. So I loved how he cross-faced him right into the Taz mission, or now the Red Rum. Mm-hmm. Dug it. Dug it. So don't say that I didn't like it because I liked everything. I just take a step back on the future. Let's see some more from him first. So let's talk about what the future is. It's going to happen now on Wednesday. Dynamite. We got a few matches listed for Winter is Coming. Of course, last year at Winter is Coming, mm-hmm. Kenny Omega became the AEW World Champion. Right. I don't know. Will it happen again? Because we do have an AEW title match. But here's what they got. We got four matches listed so far. Four confirmed matches. Uh, I can't believe this is making it to a dynamite, but uh, Wardlow versus Matt Seidel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Winter, uh, winter is coming. Winter is coming. Uh, up next, we have uh, a blood feud in the women's division. Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb. That should be good. This is going to be phenomenal. They have great in-ring chemistry, and the story they're telling. I wish I, I, you got more of a spotlight on it because it's been really good work. We got the finals for the AEW Diamond Ring, MJF, taking on Dante Martin. We got a lot of extracurriculars in this match, too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say MJF wins via help from Hook because I think they're sending for Hook versus Dante Martin. I think Team Taz is going to get involved after uh, Dante Martin kind of stabbing them in the back. But Pepsi Man might also get involved. 
Well, Pepsi Man comes down after the celebration. You think he's going to let him win first, or you think he's going to distract him so Dante Martin gets the win? I don't know. This I can see this going either way. Yeah, that's why I said. I'm just going to tell you this. It's going to be a clusterfuck. Oh, yeah, completely. There's going to be some breakdown. And, of course, then we know what the main event will be, and that is for the AEW World Championship. Your champion hangman, Adam Page, defending against the best in the world. The first person to call himself the best in the world, by the way. The American Dragon, Brian Danielson. By the way, we have him to blame for best in the world because remember he was calling himself that in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Well, this match, as I stated on the blog too, I, I fully say Adam Page needs to win this. If he doesn't and they give the belt to Danielson, I think this would be a big misstep. Page is your homegrown champion. The fans gravitate toward him. Danielson has been on a tear since he's been over. But at the end of the day, you really need to establish your homegrown talent, and Paige needs this win worse. I think they're going to have a hell of a match. It could be a match of the year contender, to be honest with you. But Paige is going to win this cleanly. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think that Paige should go over. If not, I don't know. I don't know what that says about pushing the this, this star. So I'm hoping he does go over. Let's stick in. Now let's get to a little grimy news. The first bit has to do with AEW. So we're going to go mm-hmm. and start with that one, okay? Sure. Man, oh man. So, Anthony Agogo. The guy. The guy who had one match. Mm-hmm. Well, he's had multiple matches, but one match of note. Yes. Where he jobbed at Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. In the greatest, because, you know, the feud between America and, and England goes deep. The birth of the Rhodeslander. The, the questionable promo from the Rhodeslander, which I know is in contention for your WTF moment of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know that for sure. Uh, he decided to take to, for whatever reason, decided to take to Twitter after the Ring of Honor show and uh, say some things about one Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. Uh, he called him out for being short, uh, his braces, a few other things. I'm paraphrasing a lot of this because I'm not going to go back and look it all up. Uh, which brought out Jonathan Gresham's wife, Jordan Grace, mm-hmm. who then basically was like, who the hell are you? Just to say this about my husband, who's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And went on to ask him about if he had learned a wrist lock or headlock in, 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 in practice yet. Which he told her, I don't know who you are. And she goes, oh, you know who I am. You were real upset that I was married. To owning him on the internet and yeah. continue that on. And that would continue on. Because at one point in Juncture, he was saying about going out of business and being like Hornswoggle winning the cruiserweight championship hmm. because by the way uh the, the here i'll give you this it was the original tweet that got everything started was super cute that at john gresham was the last ever always champ kind of reminds me when hornswoggle was the last ever cruiserweight champ congrats kiddo so this got I'm going to read the Hornswoggle ones because they're funny. Uh, Jordan Grace and him, I think, are getting in a fight. There was at one point in juncture, a fan was like, oh, John, give me Jonathan Gresham versus Ogogo. And I'm like, no, because the Gogo kid can't wrestle. No, he would be completely one-sided. So after that, uh, Dylan Postal, Hornswoggle, responded by Super Q, how you try and downplay something that wrestling fans still remember to this day 14 years later. Kind of reminds me of when you, wait, what have you done again that's noteworthy? Ooh. 
To which, <laughs> to which there's a little video of a go-go drinking wine where he goes, damn, bro, you, who pissed on your cornflakes? I was putting you and little Bill over because he started calling little Bill. And I don't understand how this kid thinks he's putting people over. I was buzzing when you did your little thing off the top rope, but if you want to compare lives, I've done a shit ton more in my life than you've done in your short life, kiddo. Cheers. To which Dylan Postal goes, in quotation, short life. Damn, bro, height shaming in 2021? Real cute, in quotation marks. To which a go-go responds with, bro, I used to be a fan. Trust, I Googled your arse. You're only 35. Short life means you're going. You're young AF. I don't give a fuck about your height. I'm sorry you've got the short end of the stick. Anyway, I've got big boy shit to do with AEW. I've got to go and get on my de-plane, de-plane. So he defends really? his short jokes with making more short jokes. And uh, Dylan writes back, take all the shots you want at me or my career, but act like at John Gresham isn't one of the best professional wrestlers in the world is actually what offends me. Good for Hornswoggle. So Hornswoggle jump into defense, baby, which I enjoy. This guy, man, let's break it down. Yep. Let me break it down in a way that nobody else is going to say to Anthony Agogo. Anthony Agogo, you'll, you'll hear he was a Olympic boxer for the UK. He won a bronze medal. But then his little eyeball got hurt. So he can't box anymore. So then he thought it was easy to be a wrestler. And he doesn't know the difference between a headlock and a wrist lock. And I don't care if somebody calls me out. Because listen, I would, I, would, I would fight a go-go. That's right. You think I'm crazy? You know why? Because I, I know how to box. I trained. I wasn't an Olympic boxer. But now neither is he anymore. And all I know I have to do is hit him in his good eye. And that's it for the fight. Because he wouldn't be able to see because he has a glass eye. Yeah, I'm kind of pissed because this guy who has done shit in the wrestling business takes shots at people he has no business taking shots at. For a company that should sit his ass down. Eddie Kingston should sit his ass down and let him know what the fuck is good. But no, they're too busy kissing ass and thinking that they're fucking something great. Nah, brah, that shit don't fly. Because if Anthony Gogo showed up to a GCW locker room, there'd be some veterans there to whoop his ass. Mm Mm-hmm. But no, he'll go back to AEW where they won't use him and just pay him because he's washed up. He doesn't love wrestling. He doesn't care about wrestling. He doesn't understand wrestling. He just looks at wrestling the same way as other guys do is that I failed at insert sport here. Right. So now I can come try my hand at wrestling. And fucking pad goes, I have, I, I got to admit, Anthony's humor doesn't quite reach me. <laughs> Good one, pad. But anyways, I just want to throw it out there. Like, this guy, so we hear people bitch about WWE hiring these young athletes that aren't wrestlers and all that. This is the same guy in AEW. This is the guy that they touted, and then Cody just fed him to him, and there's nothing this kid's ever going to do that's worthwhile. His glory days will be the Olympics. And yes, kid, you did a great job. Congratulations. You're an Olympian. You won a bronze medal. Proud of you. But once again, you're done. You can't ever box again. And a lot of people, you know, you know, when he hurt his eye, it wasn't even the Olympics. It was his first professional fight that he lost. Mm-hmm. So as an amateur, you made the Olympics and you won a bronze medal in your first professional fight against a guy you should have scrubbed, fucked your eye up and he beat you. Go look at the record books. It's there. He was allegedly going to be the next, uh, what's his name there? Uh, Anthony. Oh, uh, Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Now you're a guy who's training to wrestle because insert sport here you failed out of. 
because you got hurt. Am I being insensitive? Maybe. But once again, I have no problem. If he wants to come to the Binghamton, New York area, I, I have no problems. I understand how a fight works. Mm-hmm. I know you're not and, kidding. That's and, I, and I know which eye is the bad one. So I know which eye is the good one. Now I just have to connect. And then you got beat up by some fat guy. So that'll be the second loss of your boxing career. And then you won't be doing shit. Mm-hmm. Come on, my guy. It's, it's cute. This was the promo Cody should have cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. But they were trying to talk him up. He's not. He failed at boxing. And yes, an Olympic bronze medalist failed at boxing. And I'm sorry. There's no way you can tell me he got in the ring against a guy who had three losses and lost his fucking eye. His first professional fight. In boxing, you still only fight amateurs in the Olympics. Mm. I'm, it doesn't matter how you fucking cut it. They're amateurs. The, name the last gold medal boxer who's went on to be anything big. Don't worry. I'll fucking wait. Mike Tyson. I was going to say Roy Jones Jr. Oh, yeah. Jones Jr. did yep. it, too. I forgot about him. Damn. But then again, Roy Jones, <laughs> he fell off hard, bro. Well, yeah, yeah. But... So him and Tyson are the only ones to come to mind who were the best at it. Yeah, I mean, this is just something that the inexperience of youth... I don't wear capes, Blue, so I'm not the rich lander. <laughs> the inexperience of youth is shining right through here, and this is where somebody needs to pull him aside and let him know you need to respect the game of what you're stepping into. If you think this is going to get you over, this is not. This is the way to get you irrelevant. The fact that he decided to go after Jonathan Gresham, one, was stupid. And two, proves that somebody in AEW needs to pull him aside because, remember, he is their homegrown talent, their first developmental superstar, correct? That's what they tell. So if this is your homegrown talent, the brass at AEW, whoever is in charge of talent relations, needs to pull him aside and say, shut the fuck up forever. Because what you're doing is you're pissing off a lot of the people that, one— you might be possibly coming into your locker room because, let's face it, Ring of Honor is up in the air. Now, albeit though Gresham did say he was waiting to see what was officially happening with Ring of Honor, he's staying loyal to that, but hypothetically saying, let's say it fails through. All right, AEW makes him a contract. Oh, guess who comes into your locker room? And guess who you will get fed to on Dynamite and embarrassed completely because Jonathan Gresham will wrestle so many circles around you, your head will spin right off. You need to respect what you are walking into and what you have done in this sport because guess what? Nobody remembers your cup of coffee that's 15 days old. You are irrelevant as far as it's coming to boxing and you haven't even cut your teeth in wrestling. You were jobbed out to the Rhodeslander. You're the first one of the Golden Shovel Club that he formed this year. What have you done since? Nothing. You've gotten on Twitter. you spotted off a couple times. You think that's going to make you hot? It doesn't. See, when you decide to reappear and if it's in front of a real wrestling crowd like in Chicago or New York, oh, trust us, you will be hearing of it. And it's not going to be that good heat. It's going to be that negative heat, that Rhodeslander heat that you don't want, and especially for a burgeoning superstar that you got all this talent. When are you going to decide to show us that? Because I've seen you in the ring a couple times here. I'm still waiting. You compared him to somebody last night when you were talking to me that I thought was perfect. Oh, he's Daniel Pewter 2.0. Oh, mixed tag, Rich and Jordan Grace versus a Gogo and Jade Cargill. I'm more scared of Jade Cargill. I would be scared of Jade Cargill. Although I think Jordan Grace can protect me from hers. I'm not worried. Yeah. 
No, but he's Daniel Pewter 2.0. Because remember what happened when you had a hot shot come into a, a company, spout off and disrespect the business. There's a Royal Rumble clip that I think is very prevalent. I just want to throw it out there. Replace me with hardcore Holly. Let's get some <laughs> let's get some let's get some shit going, man. He'll teach him some respect. My my whole point, my other point to this is that man, Eddie Kingston, I know he does the right thing. Hopefully he gets a hold of this kid because it wasn't that long ago that Eddie Kingston took a shot at WWE and said how they're bringing in athletes that don't love wrestling and we love wrestling over here. Well, you got a guy who didn't love wrestling that was trained by you. Well, not you personally, yeah. but your company. And he only is there because he couldn't crack it in boxing after he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And some people will be like, that's not fair. He got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt in his first professional fight. Like, you're so great. You were such a great fucking boxer that you got hurt in a prof- your first professional fight. Man, what the fuck do you want from me? So it's just sing your praises? No. Prove it, motherfucker. Come on. Good Lord. You know, but if you're going to call the other fucking company out, let's, let's have some onus in our own company and call them out. And as somebody who worked in the wrestling business and I take this shit seriously, that shit wouldn't fly in any locker room I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. You don't disrespect people. I've seen that shit happen. I've seen what happened firsthand in independent locker rooms when a guy got out of line and disrespected somebody's family member, him or anybody else. That shit got handled real fucking quick. Either they got their ass taken outside and had their ass handed to them or they didn't get booked anymore. Or a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've seen guys running out of a building. I'm just going to throw that at you. Yep. I've seen guys, I see, I, I, I've seen guys go headhunting for somebody in a building and watch that motherfucker run out of a building where he was booked at because some guy showed up to beat the shit out of him for some shit he said about someone's wife or whatever. Shit's real, man. True story. But that's what happens when you don't respect that. That is what Eddie Kingston was talking about with the WWE guys coming from fucking uh, college football and basketball and all that shit. And he's not wrong. They don't have any respect for it. This is a way that they think that they can make money because they failed at the sport they were in. Mm-hmm. You didn't make it pro in football. You think you're going to make that money. Well, you didn't make it as a pro gymnast. We got one of them coming up Yep. in, in, in NXT. We'll see how good she is because most of them are good. Why? Because they, you got at some level, you have to love what the fuck you're doing. Mm-hmm. And at least at the entertainment company, they only care about you entertaining. They don't give a shit about whatever. Exactly. But you got to love being a wrestler. It ain't going to fucking pay off. There's only one guy in the history of wrestling that didn't love fucking wrestling that made a living on it. And that's Brock Lesnar. Yep. But that just happens because he's just good at shit. But I just, I have no sympathy for a go-go. But he's not even the guy that bothered me the most this fucking week. This is true. Like, that is second place. That is fucking second place. Second fiddle. So what we're going to tell you about now. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. So there was a wrestling show this past week. And a wrestler decided to go into business, as they put it, for himself. And uh, that's what the owner of the company at least said. And that's what a a bunch of the wrestlers said. So I'm going to use those words. And this dude decided to stab a referee in the head multiple times. I'm trying to count the actual lacerations on this referee's head right here. And from the one side of the head I can see, with staples to hold it together, I see at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then a bunch of scratches. I don't know how many more. Yeah. Can't see the other side of his head. And... This is fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the referee is uh, named Lando. He does have a GoFundMe out. Uh, you can search for that on uh, GoFundMe.com. Uh, if you have the extra means, I would say please donate to him. Yes. So, in a nutshell, a guy who wrestles, whose name is Hannibal, or sometimes he goes by, what is it, the blood letter or whatever the fuck it, that doesn't really matter at this fucking point in juncture. Real piece of shit. Uh, he also has a YouTube channel called uh, Hannibal TV. I have seen some of the stuff on his channel before. He does a lot of shoot interviews on there. He decided to go into business for himself and attack a referee. Uh, the owner of the company did come out and said he, known, he didn't know anything about this. And that he wouldn't be having him back. Uh, let's, let's, uh, I'm going to read this as a, this is a report from cultaholic. Cause I'm going to read off because it has all the particulars. A referee was left seriously injured after a shoot attack by YouTube personality, Devin, Devin Nicholson, AKA Hannibal of Hannibal TV on Saturday, December 11th Nicholson, who performs as the blood hunter. That's what it was. Fuck him. At independent wrestling shows, repeatedly stabbed referee Lando Del Toro with a spike during a post-match attack at world-class pro wrestling's Christmas star Wars show in Irving, Texas. Del Toro was left bleeding profusely following the attack, having suffered a torn artery, and he later required surgery in several staples in his head. The blood hunter faced Carlito at the show and Reddit user Colbaphone, who claimed he was the referee for the match, but not the official who was attacked, post-match noted Nicholson was messed up prior to the bout. The original plan for the aftermatch, according to Colbaphone, was Carlito would brawl with Andrew Anderson to the back, taking the two men and Colbaphone away from the ring. Del Toro would then head to the ring for a scheduled post-match beatdown from the Blood Hunter, which would result in Del Toro blading after being hit with a spike. However, it appears the referee did not start bleeding, and Nicholson decided to attack Del Toro with a spike after choking out the referee. Nicholson then allegedly repeatedly hit Del Toro with a spike while the referee was unconscious, leaving him bleeding profusely. Emergency services were the, then called, and statements were given to the police while Del Toro was taken to the hospital. Calbaphone also alleged that Kevin Sullivan, who manages the Blood Hunter, told the referee to kayfabe the cops. World-class pro wrestling promoter Jerry Bostic has since issued a statement noting that the promotion will never work with Devil Nicholson again. Bostic said in part, what happened last night is never okay in wrestling ever or in anything to be exact. Somebody went into business for themselves and took something too far and somebody could have lost their life because of it. First off, I did not know what was going to happen in that match, but to be honest, I am not a fan of hardcore wrestling and I trusted that to be taken care of through other channels and that is my fault for trusting number one. And number two, Devin proved he could not be trusted in that situation. I never in my life thought I would encounter a situation like this related to wrestling, especially with my product. If you've, if you've been to one of my shows in the last 15 years, you know you've never seen anything like that period and you will never again we will take every step possible to ensure that never happens and one of those is obviously no longer working with the blood hunter or hannibal wow so normally what i just said about anthony agogo would make him the piece of shit of the week mm -hmm. but this fucking guy this guy canadian youtuber because he's from Canada, mm -hmm. Devin Nicholson, Hannibal. By the way, real disappointed in Kevin Sullivan, but should be not surprised by that because, you know, allegedly he may have killed Chris Benoit. <laughs> let's bring that. Let's bring that fucking conspiracy theory back. 
kayfabe the cops. Fuck you. You don't kayfabe the cops. You don't protect people who went into business for themselves. See, I'm going to tell you a fucking story. I'm going to leave one of the names out of it just because. There was a 2CW show in Watertown, New York. There's these two young kids from Canada, and they went in there with a veteran who used to own, well, still actually technically owns a wrestling company. Mm. It was working for 2CW. During the match, said guy called a shoot headbutt. A fucking shoot, shoot headbutt, headbutt. Which is not a thing in fucking wrestling. And proceeded to break one of these kids' nose with his head. Gushing blood. Every fucking where. Comes to the back. It's like, oh, I told him I was calling a shoe headbutt. In the locker room, and I will say this man's name, was a one Spike Dudley, who I've known for a long fucking time. And Spike walked up to this guy and said, what kind of fucking mark are you? This is a business. It's a work. It's not real. We don't call shoot fucking headbutts. The next night, said guy worked for us. Said guy was supposed to still work for somebody else. And the only reason he was on the show was because one Spike Dudley asked if we would leave him booked and asked if we would change the match so Spike Dudley could have a match with him. Spike Dudley proceeded to call shoot chair shot, shoot baseball bat, shoot fist, shoot headbutt, shoot. He beat this motherfucker from pillar to post. Mind you, the size difference is astounding. Yeah, it's huge. But Spike Dudley's a tough son of a bitch. And he beat the living shit out of this guy. Having seen the video, the ref is like he just got hit by Alistair Overeem uppercut. It was painfully obvious. Yeah. So the moral of the story is somebody needs to whoop this guy's ass. Mm -hmm. That's the second ass whooping the, the wrestling companies should be handing out this week. Don't disrespect fucking wrestlers. You're on the team. Doesn't matter if you work for the same companies or not. You should respect everybody in the fucking business, especially when they're more talented than you. That is a go-go's problem. But this guy, you are in there and people trust you with their lives legitimately. Legitimately. The things that happen in a wrestling match can cripple you or kill you. There is no excuse for ever, ever choking somebody out for real and causing that much damage. The fact that he stabbed him in the head over a dozen times and hit an artery and the man has to have surgery and staples for what was supposed to just be a simple attack where the man would have bladed himself is disgusting. And the promoter, albeit I enjoy his sentiment, it is your fault. You are to blame. It is your company. I'm sorry. That is it. You should have known. I don't care that you don't like the hardcore stuff, as he said. Then don't book it. Do not book it. Jesus. We have a guy now who's got to go fund me. If you have it, trust me, you can get it everywhere. Please donate money. Because I'm sure that there's no insurance involved. Mm. And God damn. Like, why? So... I'll offer the same thing. If Hannibal wants to come stab somebody in the fucking head, he can do that shit to me. He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna get far because I'm gonna take that same thing and probably stab him in the fucking throat. <laughs> Fuck. Why? Why is this a thing? Why in the... You know, usually we talk about toxic wrestling fans. Now we got fucking toxic wrestlers. Good Lord. 
Ay, 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 Ken. You want to add something onto this guy's bullshit? Nah, fuck him. <laughs> like, seriously. Going and doing this is one of the most appalling things I think I've seen. I've just seen the video, and I feel fucking sick. Being in the ring, you're trusting who you're in there with, with your life. And we have seen time and time again, when stuff goes wrong by accident, what could happen? To go into business like this is so fucking egregious and sickening. I hope this guy never gets booked again. I hope he fucking gets canceled and disappears. And anybody that was connected to this, listen to Kayfabe the Cops. What kind of shit is that? That is so fucked up. To be supporting shit and people doing that kind of shit? No. Can't do it. If you're doing that, fucking defriend, deblock, whatever you need to do, disappear. Going through about the uh, referee's uh, GoFundMe, Will Osprey actually re uh, reached out and said, hope the referee is okay and not shaken up by this. I know I can't do much, but if there's anything I can do, please let me know, and I'll do everything in my power to assist. So kudos to Will for stepping up. Absolutely. But, but seriously, this is so fucked up. Like, this is one of those things that you should never have to hear about. Facts. But it, it, it it's a thing, man. I I just don't get it. I just don't. I don't get how this was allowed. I don't get how this happened. And once again, if you support his YouTube channel, please don't. <laughs> you no. know what I mean? I wouldn't watch shit by him. I wouldn't spend any money on him. If you're a promoter, don't book him. If you're a wrestler, I sure as hell want to get in the fucking ring with him. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. Unless you want a little piece of revenge and beat the shit out of him. But in that case, make sure, you, make sure you're careful about that too, man. God damn. This is this is drives me nuts, man. That shit wouldn't have flowed. Not in the locker room I was in. Bro, I would have hit that fucking ring. <laughs> Seriously. I ain't even fucking joking. It wouldn't have been just me. I can I can tell you right off the top, the last locker room I was was technically in was Excite. And I'll tell you what, uh I I, I would have been right out there, it'd have been Joe Gacy and a couple other people, and we would have fucked that guy up. Mm -hmm. It'd have been a shoot real quick. Cause how do you not pay attention to that? Yeah, like who is in the back? Not going, wait a minute, this doesn't look right. Yeah. Let's let this continue. Come on, man. You can tell. I watched the video. Oh, this is a work? Get the fuck out of here. There's got to be accountability for this. And like I said, it, this is this kind of shit can't fly. And if you're supporting it, I can't support you. Yeah. I ain't supporting it. Put that dude in the ring with Diaz Brothers. Stockton rules, Pat says. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. Dude should probably go to jail. Yeah. Just want to throw that out there. Son of a bitch, man. So, yeah. Piece of shits of the week. One's worse than the other, but pretty close. What have we learned today, folks? Respect the business, respect the people in the business, and respect that it's a fucking work. Yeah. Take care of each other. Fuck my life, man. Never thought I had to have that conversation until this week before we went to air. Holy shit. It just proves for you, the wrestling fans, anybody that's hearing this, be better. Set that example. Whether it's your fandom, whether you're going to events, be that example of what a fan should be and be something positive in this toxicity. That's why we're always against it. That's why we shine lights on the independent wrestling. That's why we started doing a little things different instead of being worried about the same shit that every other wrestling program out there is. And then I still had to get mad at the end because I got guys disrespecting guys that they should have no business. They're, they're, you should never disrespect veterans if you're young in this business, which a go-go has no excuse for. But that's because he doesn't have respect the business and nobody's taught him to respect the business. Right. You know, no surprise he was trained by Cody Rhodes. And then this other guy. Whew. 
Yeah, we're just going to make him persona non grata, not Ooh. even bring his name up. That's the last time I'm going to talk about him. But uh, trust me, if uh, if he gets booked on a show, don't go to that show. <laughs> no. Show with your dollar that you ain't going to book that guy because there's still some sleazy promoter to book him. And I would have never worked a match with that guy. Never. No. Absolutely not. Any wrestler who's willing to do that, you're willing to get fucking stabbed with that spike because he obviously doesn't have any respect for what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Fuck both of those guys. Well, on that note, Ken. That's going to bring us to the end of this show. Before we go, tell the folks how to get a hold of you in the ODPH. I'll just end it very quickly with a little cheery note. Excite Wrestling, shout out to them. They did announce the year of Excite is coming down January 1st at the X. Dalton Castle will be making an appearance there. Plus, we got a ladder match with TJ FX and Sean Carr. So let's end it on a good note with some positive wrestling going on at ExciteWrestling.com. But if you want to talk about ODPH, and I hope you do, swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Check out Parlay Points. The blogs count anywhere there where it's all positive talk of wrestling. We give that honest feedback. We're not sitting there ripping anybody up because we respect the business there. Also, check out the directory. You can find the ODPH on your favorite podcast platform. T Public Store. New logos and designs are out right now. All that and so much more. ODPHpodcast.com. Got to calm down from all this learn respect bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, Three Fenders Podcast. Hit me up at Three Fenders Pod on every social media. Uh, 8122productions.com for all the information. Uh, you know, fucking, you know, once again, thanks. We're truly blessed of everything going on. Uh, all the links are at 8122productions.com. Uh, got a little serious at the end, but I feel like I had to. You can't let this shit slide with some of these people in this business. Uh, this is a business that as fans we love as wrestlers they, they were fans and they loved it so whenever somebody steps out of line shit's got to be held accountable and in mm-hmm. the past in the in the back in the day it always was so yes. let's hold these a uh, higher standard obviously the agogo stuff was more of a nonsense although he's talking out of his ass and should probably get hit but uh who's this uh, we got a first time chatter hidden who should first fart in a relationship the boyfriend or girlfriend to break that barrier uh I mean, I've always been the one. I don't mind farting first. But, I mean, it's nice if the girlfriend farts, I guess. Either yeah, way. It works. Lou, you got any uh, you got any uh, suggestions there, Pat? Jump in. I'm, I'm going to say I don't mind farting. I mean, I, I get flatulent in front of a bunch of people. bunch of people. I guess that's part of the business. But I'm also married, so now I don't have to worry about that so much. Mm-hmm. Although I've never been worried about farting in front of a girl either. I haven't either. It's, it's a natural, natural thing. So it is what it is. It is what it is. It's up to you, I think. There you go. There's my two cents for that. I get, I get, I get, I get, that's the best advice I gave all day. Yeah. Anyways, with that being said, uh, you know, take care of you. You know, let's be fans. Let's stop being toxic. Let's hold everybody else. Something to keep in mind next time around my stepsister. I don't. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If, if, if that's, uh, if that's who you're with, that's cool. Good, good for you. <laughs> We're not touching that one. But anyways, with that being said, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we, when we go, we're going to hear One Winged Angel by our good friend, Second Suitor. Uh, of course, we play it every week. Till next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and later, wrestling fans! Rainmaker, my heart so damn hard I
Top ropes, one, two. 